Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coast to Border to Border on iHeartRadio today. AMFM247.com. Tune in, iTunes. And uh, we have got a great guest with us today. Brett, can you hear us, my friend? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Look at that. And I can see you too, which is always good. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> we have got That's what we like. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast and he is the director of education over at Strong First Inc. The fantastic Brett Jones joins us live here via the old Skip awesome. Skype. Yes, the Skype Rooney. And um Brett, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I am fabulous. Uh, just plugging right along here, getting the getting the day taken care of, and uh, thrilled to have the opportunity to be on the show and to talk to you and your audience. Yes. Well, one of the things that sparked my interest is I discovered you guys somehow through the magic of YouTube. Um, I was... <laughs> you, you, you're shaking your head because I think that's probably how most people discover you. Uh. It, it, you know, it, it comes in a variety of ways, but YouTube is a great way. Um, you know, social media, um, we, we, we tend to get some content out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, the connection was made. Yes. Well, one of the things that I love about what you guys do is you guys are all about strength over there. And yes. I have been preaching strength for probably... God, 93 to all these fighter people around this area. And uh, it just seems like everybody's into bodybuilding and everybody's into this and that. And uh, it wasn't until I started fighting again a couple years ago that I started using kettlebells. And I had always thought kettlebells were just another damn scam. I just figured it was another goddamn thing to sell. I thought, here we go. This is going to be like the ab rollers and all the other crap. And I picked up kettlebells and I used them. And then my deadlift went through the fucking roof. <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe not a gimmick. <laughs> There's something happening here. So talk to me about kettlebells and how you guys use them and how you guys train with them over there. Because uh, I see a lot of people use kettlebells in the gym because it seems like nowadays that's the big thing. And they use them so terribly wrong. <laughs> well, uh, yes. I'll, I'll just say yes. Um, you know, it's funny. When I got uh, my first kettlebell, uh, was late 2001. I had gotten one of Pavel's earlier books, Power of the People, which is about yes. minimalist strength training, routine, deadlift, side press, and was certainly an anti-bodybuilding body book as well. 
I was immediately, was immediately like, yes, this yeah, is, this and is, you know, I'm already in the yeah, fitness already industry at this point. I have a background in sports medicine, athletic training, and I had transitioned and transitioned to the fitness center, and I've been every kind of training, right? I was the one set to failure, hip jet, I was the functional trainer, the body weight guy, I've been every kind of training, every kind of training. Right. And so and here so I read this here. I'm gonna give this a try. And then the marketing came on and I started hearing about kettlebells and got my first one in late 01 and went certified in February of 02. And at that time, that time, like you couldn't find a kettlebell. You know, I was a really, really weird weird guy for doing kettlebells when where I was. And then and then fast forward to almost any business related advertising. Advertisement. It has a kettlebell. It has a kettlebell, and so and so um, you find um, them in hotel you find them in hotels. Pretty much every day that you go in. And so there's been a, a, there's been a, a, quite a progression. Quite a progression as, as time has gone by. Time has gone by. So so we refer to refer to our. Style, style of style kettlebell training, a hard style, style, hard style kettlebell training, kettlebell training, and we focus on focus on power output, power output, really. Building our strength, building our using our strength, using our strength effectively, effectively. Um, uh, and the hard and style techniques is actually kind of, actually a, kind of a, been morphed over, been from, from, over from there are hard style, hard style, soft style, soft style, technique has brought over, brought over, so we focus on strength and power output. What you experience, what you experience is your deadly calls and what the heck effect, what the heck effect. So, so. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Skype quit on us. Let's do this. Just reboot Skype. <laughs> Just reboot Skype. It happens. It's Skype. It's technology. It's great when it works. It's fantastic when it works, kids. But when it doesn't, it happens. So let's go back. Let's see if I can get back in here. Uh, we're having a really good conversation, and then Skype craps out on me. There we are. I think I've got. I think I've got Brett back with us. Skype just decided to do an update. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Perfect. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Um, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta all the updates. All the updates. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Technology. Technology is great when it works, 100%, but 100%. a lot of times <laughs> it's, it's not the do? best in the world, as they say. So, so, so uh, Brett, what was, what was the last thing you heard from me? Uh, you were talking about uh, the, 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 the principle with, with, with the deadlift, what, why, why my deadlift has went through the roof using kettlebells. So we call so that we, we call that the what the heck effect. That, uh, yes, the what, the what, what the heck effect. Yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> so you're doing something, you're doing something that's maybe not exactly related to the thing that got better. So we have people that start doing get ups and swings and they PR their pull ups. And people that start people that start doing get ups and swings and they hit a press PR. Yes. Press PR. Yes. The deadlift is because it is a similar hip hinge movement to the swing. Does kind of make does kind of make sense. That you would get some carry over there in the eccentric loading. What size? What size kettlebell did you were you swinging at the time? Well, uh, here's here's the thing. I do a lot of 
I, 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 as as one of my training partners one time, the Rob Sabi uh, told me, he's like, you do a lot of unique things in the gym. Um, I basically just looked at all the kettlebells in the gym, and I basically started at the lowest poundage at five, went all the way to 70, and did one set of five with a minute rest in between until I'd thrown every single one of them, and i do it three times a week. <laughs> I probably okay. shouldn't do yeah. it that way, but I do. <laughs> I, I think that uh, you know, there's an old-time strawman named uh, Herman Goner uh, who used to work the chain, yes. and that was going up and down the dumbbell rack. Uh, and, and hitting a bunch of different weights, and uh, yeah, that that's a, and the five at the top of the minute strategy is actually a really solid work rest ratio sort of uh, strategy that is um, targeted towards what we would call our A and A aerobic and elastic uh, sort of training, where we've got really high power output. The consistency of effort gets you an aerobic effect, but we avoid kind of that glycolytic burn. Uh, by continuing the reps for too long and too short a rest period. So that I mean, sounds, uh, you know, if you were progressing your training, I'd say maybe go start about halfway up the rack and maybe go twice through um, so that you're getting a little okay. heavier swing work and, and kind of cutting out the, the lighter swings. But uh, both strategies uh, certainly, certainly work. Well. I, I have I have I, I, I think I might have a kettlebell addiction problem because uh, <laughs> I I'm familiar with this <laughs> because there for a while um, I was work I, I was working out at our local YMCA here and they have kettlebells that start from five all the way to like 55 and Right. They have two fives, two tens, two fifteens. They go up to they go that way up to like thirty five, and then I ended up doing some work for a little bit in a probably an hour and a half down the road at a place called uh, in in Wichita, Kansas, at a uh, YMCA, and their YMCA is gigantic, and it is so gigantic they have two sets of they have two kettlebell racks. Uh, one on the opposite sides of the gym and each of those kettlebell racks start at five and go up to like 60 and the first time that I went down there I'm like I need to throw every kettlebell they have access to in this gym right so at the end of this whole thing I sat down and I realized oh my god I've done 120 sets <laughs> It is taking me an hour and a half to do this. And That's a lot. I was just like, do I have a kettlebell addiction problem here? Because <laughs> I felt like I, I couldn't get out of the rest of the workout without getting these kettlebells done. So... So it's it's definitely. I mean, I my training very quickly switched to all kettlebells um, way back, you know, twenty plus years ago. Yes. and it's been the mainstay of my training for uh, for the last twenty plus years. I've done some powerlifting. I've done some a lot of body weight work. I've you know I've accomplished a lot of other things 
training wise, but kettlebells have certainly been the base uh, of what I do for uh, for the last um, you know um, twenty plus years. So the uh, you know total volume wise, I think somewhere between fifty to hundred swings per session is probably a sweet spot. Um, if you were doing five five reps at each at all of those weights, yes. and it was taking you uh, an hour and a half, probably a little much. <laughs> That's um, what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, there is a there there is a a guy that actually got me into powerlifting fairly. I don't know, probably about two or three years ago. He's a uh, he's a local professional wrestler here by the name of Derek Stone, and Stone does a lot of. He does a lot of interesting, like, strongman-type training like I've seen you guys do. He does the kettlebells. Mm -hmm. But he also does these, and I don't, even, I don't even know what the hell they would be called, but they basically are sacks. He basically does, like, mm -hmm. sandbag training or something. Yes. What in the world is this? Because I see him do this on, on his social media, and I'm like, what in the world is this? And I didn't even think that anything like this ever existed except for a giant health club till I walked into the McPherson YMCA a couple of weeks ago and they had a whole bunch of these bags and nobody was using them because I don't think anybody else knew what yeah. the hell they were either. <laughs> so this would all fall, uh, sandbags and things like this would fall under what would we would call the odd implement category. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with with a sandbag, because so, you know we think traditional implements, we think of a, a dumbbell, a barbell, uh, maybe a medicine ball, you know yeah. things of these nature. Uh, the, I mean, you can go back to 1569, uh, Mercury Alice uh, first published book on physical training, and you can see dumbbells and and um, medicine ball training and body weight training, and this is 1569. And so you know, fast forward dumbbells, barbells, medicine ball become kind of standard fare. And then uh, what's happened as a result of strongman training and these other forms of training kind of gaining popularity is we have these odd implements that have become popular. And with the sandbag, man, uh, you've got to, if it doesn't have handles on it, you know, there, there's two different types of sandbag training. There are sandbags that have handles on them. Um, and you can, you can look at different training styles with those and those can be really great, uh, style of training. Uh, and then you have these sandbags that do not have handles on them and you, you see them in the strongman competitions, yes. right? So they'll be one of the object that they have to lift, oh, carry, yeah. and then load onto an, another they object. They gotta go throw it onto a so, back of a truck or some kind of crap. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, back, back on the farm, they just called it work. Um, that's but, right uh, now that's odd, right now it's odd implement training so you the way you have to manipulate this object and the way you know people have joked for a long time that dead weight like trying to move a person that weighs 100 pounds feels way different than trying to move a barbell that weighs 150 yes um the way you have to center your center of mass with that center of mass and positions you have to get into are really unique uh, and it does, um, you hug that sandbag to your body. Now you're compressing your breathing musculature. So you've got a different thing that's happening as far as your breathing is concerned uh, and how you center with that weight for a squat, for a carry, for shouldering. Uh, there are some really different training effects that you get into there. 
Well, you mentioned uh, you, you, you've got some experience in powerlifting. And yes, some of the things that I have noticed with powerlifting over the years, um, years and years and years ago, I, I don't know, probably 2000, 99, something like this, mm-hmm. no one was doing the deadlift, at least in this area of the country for some reason. Uh, I, I don't know why people were not doing the deadlift. <laughs> But then me and a few people in various martial arts schools were like, hey, the deadlift, it's an overall exercise. Now everybody and their damn brother is doing the deadlift. (laughs) And I see places like Planet Fitness that have banned the deadlift. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why is the deadlift so popular? Is it because it's an overall body exercise or... What is what is the yes. fascination with everybody yeah, in the deadlift? I, I think that um, w- when you look at at bang for your buck, right? Yes. Um, there's there's a couple of things with a deadlift that are unique uh, in that um, it's a concentric start to the lift. So okay. the 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 weight is dead on the ground. So you have to kind of get yourself down to it and then lift it. So it's a concentric first. If we look at a back squat where you get underneath the bar, unrack it, step back, we're eccentric first. We're getting loaded into that position. Yes. And a lot of people will actually be more successful um, with with one of the one of those strategies will appeal more to some people than others. But the deadlift is it's relatable. Uh, everybody's had to pick up something off the ground, right? <laughs> Whether that's a bag of dog food, yes. a sack of soil, a, a whatever it is, a, a rock in the garden or w- whatever we're doing. So it's a very relatable lift and it's a very functional lift. I, I know that uh, that's a buzzword and that's something that's been overused and oh, yeah. as his time has gone oh, by yeah. as what's functional. Uh, but the deadlift certainly fits that category of being a very functional lift because it teaches you how to lift stuff. And in life, you are going to have to lift stuff. So one of the things that's happened as, as time has gone by here, and we've kind of broken out of the, the, the bodybuilding basis for training um, and have gotten into more, um, for lack of any better term, a, a, a more functional style of training has certainly taken hold. And um, it's been a good thing. It, it's, um, it's, it's getting people, because I, I personally feel um, it's, it's the Jim Gaffigan joke. I went to the gym and I see all these fit people and I'm like, you can go home. You did it. You know, you, 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 you got there, you accomplished it. You can go home now. And that's not the idea. You know, we, people think you work out purely for an aesthetic reason and that's not it. Uh, We should work out because it's what we need to do to manage this body that we've been given. Um, the meat suitcase we get to drive around the universe as I like to refer to it. So this, <laughs> that is this, awesome. that ought to this be thing t-shirt. requires maintenance. Let's <laughs> put that on a shirt. Um, so, you know, we should, we should train because it's, uh, there's a joy to it. There's, um, there, there's a, there's a reason to do it beyond the aesthetics and the deadlift actually kind of fits into that category. Like I remember for me, the first time I hit weight X, um, which was 405 at the time, um, man, I felt, I felt like I could walk through walls. Like I just, I just felt like I, you know, I had just, wow, you know, I've gotten what, what I strong 
and you know, four or five is not a great deadlift. And I cert I went on to, to lift more than that, but um, I think it's, it's, there's an accomplishment and a feeling of, of wedging yourself into the ground and picking that weight up. That's yes. very appealing. And again, very functional. We have got a tremendous guest with us today. He joins us live here on iHeartRadio and, of course, 50-plus AMFM stations across the country. And around the world, Brett Jones is with us today. StrongFirst.com is the official website. Go over there and check out StrongFirst.com. They have literally everything you can think of when it comes to strength and all the various uh, forms of, you know, just manliness, I guess, as, as far as the gym goes. Um, one of the things that I want to talk with you about, which has been a – it hasn't ever really bothered me because I, I just – really could care less about any of this stuff i usually if 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 it's if it's if it's heavy or i can't lift it i go down and wait and i come back up but i know there's a lot of people that i either work out with have worked out with or have been around that grip strength is like the biggest problem that they have and for instance we're talking about the deadlift earlier and when we first started doing when I first started doing the deadlift, me and a couple guys, we were, you know, picking it up and putting it down, as they say. Uh, or, or as they say in the Planet Fitness commercials, I pick things up and put things down. Um, <laughs> that guy, by the way, is probably, I hope that guy's a millionaire. I hope that bodybuilder that yeah. said that is a millionaire. Because <laughs> he friggin' earned it. <laughs> he became no a pop culture icon. <laughs> But one of the things that I've noticed is that grip strength seemed to be an issue with a lot of people that I've, especially with the deadlift. Um, I have done a lot of research in the past trying to help out various people with this. And I keep coming back to either guys like you or arm wrestling guys. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that have all this grip uh, knowledge. Uh is is it just is it just simple enough to go into a gym and just every time you pick something up grip it and your grip will go up or should you do individual you know exercises and add more to the load what 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 what's your view on on grip and grip strength Well I'm I'm going to go a couple different directions here okay. because when you look at the research um Grip strength is correlated or low grip strength is correlated with all cause mortality. So the lower your grip strength is like the, 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 you don't do as well as time goes by. (laughs) So, and that doesn't mean go buy grippers and just start. Oh yeah. It means the lifestyles, the, the things that we get into that give us good grip strength also help us live longer. And when we look at aging and living independently, our grip strength becomes really, really important because at a certain point, you may need to grab hold of something and give yourself a boost and yes. help yourself out of a situation. Um, opening your own pickle jars is, is a you know, that's, that's, that's something thing. we should aim to be able to do. <laughs> that's um, so grip, grip strength functions at a, at a, at a really base functional level that, and it, and it, and it, gives us an idea of how we're going to age. Um, now, 
when I entered into grip training, I did some very specialized grip training years ago. I was the 11th person in the world to bend the red nail. I've picked wow. up five 10 pound plates in one hand. I've, uh, I've closed the number three gripper captain captains of crush. You know, I've, I've done some grip training. Yeah. Um, and when I entered into grip training, what I had been doing prior to that was primarily kettlebell training. And the first time I ever tried, I closed a captain of crush number two gripper. I bent a 60 penny nail and the guy wow. who's showing me this stuff is like, um, you should do this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I'll, that is awesome. I'll get into it. Um, it was hard. It was kind of cool. So, and you know, I was in the kind of weird stuff. So, you know, grip training just kind of filtered right in. So I did a lot of grip training and, but coming back to this idea that I entered in at a good level because kettlebell training, the way it loads your grip, thick handle offset center of yes. mass the way it loads your grip during a swing, a snatch, the way we use the grip and wrist strength for things like a get up in a military press, those yes. things gave me a good base level of grip strength. Now, do you need to do specific grip training? Maybe. It depends on what your base is. It depends on where you're coming from. Um, for people that are working on things like deadlifting, kettlebell swings, kettlebell snatches, uh, farmer's carries, um, or just picking up and moving around weight. Typically, grip strength is not going to be much of a, a factor. However, well, if you're entering into strength training yes. and you realize that your grip is a limiting factor, then adding in farmer's carries, um, grippers, um, maybe some things, uh, and getting into kettlebell training. I see these guys uh, do are, the wrist rollers. Is, is, is that the classic anything? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the, the world of hand wrist and hand strength is there's a lot to it. Yeah. There's pinching strength where we start talking about how your thumb, uh, is working and that varies between narrow pinch and wide pinch. Um, there's crushing grip. There's holding grip. Uh, those are two different things. Although a good crushing grip helps with a good yeah. holding grip, which we would use in a farmer's carry or a oh, uh, yeah. deadlift. Um, and then wrist strength. Um, look at Slim the Hammer Man and you know, leveraging, uh, doing sledgehammer levers and things of that nature. So there's, there's a lot of different grip uh, and wrist things that you can get into. For general purposes, you don't need to get that specific. Um, like I said, swings, snatches, farmers carries, deadlifts, uh, these things, um, you know, the suspension rows, pull-ups, all of these things are really going to help develop the grip strength. We have got a tremendous guest for this today. Brett Jones joins us here on our program. Strongfirst.com is his official website. Go over there and check out what him and all the other instructors are doing over there at strongfirst.com. Now, one of the things that I just, I, there are certain elements to CrossFit that I absolutely love. And then there's certain elements where I'm just like, you guys look like it's a clown show. What is up with this, with some of this, like, I will often, I, I work out with an old boxing coach uh, probably three times a week. And this guy is... He's really old school. He's doing the five by five program. He's doing a monkey grip when he does bench press. <laughs> this guy, 
He's. I always tell people, Coach Ken has forgotten more about this stuff than most people are ever going to know. <laughs> and Sounds the, like it. One of the things that we always kind of complain about in the gym is he's CrossFit people. Like the box jump stuff. I'll do box jumps all day long. I think that stuff's great. But then I see him do these pull-ups. And I'm like, that's not a pull-up. That's a throwing yourself over the bar kind of kind of gimmick, as they say. Um, and then some of the stuff where they're – I've seen some people in these CrossFit games that I'm like, they're just asking for a back injury. <laughs> what is well, the – I think it's, what are your guys' views over there at Strong First when it comes to the kettlebells? Because and, and, and they, they, they work in kettlebells and the – and the vests, and they're running up stadium steps. They're doing cool stuff. They're doing stuff that would work. But then there's other stuff where I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> the The only thing I'll say about CrossFit is, and, you know, I've seen the whole development from when they first got started. I was already oh, in yeah. kettlebells and doing things prior, prior to that. Um, they have popularized uh, Olympic lifting is yes. more popular than it has been in decades yes. because of CrossFit. Uh, a lot of this odd implement stuff that we're talking about has been given a boost. Pegboards uh, and CrossFit. all this. So, <laughs> yeah, so the the implements, the things that they've popularized, uh, the tools that they use, big fan. Uh, I, I, It's how they program things and how they do things is not how I would do them. It's not how strong first would do them. Yes. I think that constant competition, training to failure, fatigue, placing yourself um, in, you know, in those positions is, is not the best way to train. So I, I, I love their tools. I, I, it's not how I would program it. And that's pretty much all I'll say uh, about (laughs) CrossFit. We have strong first instructors that own CrossFit boxes. Um, you know, there's a marketing benefit to having yes. a CrossFit. Uh, it's popular. People know about it. Um, doesn't mean you're going to do everything that comes out of CrossFit Central. Um, but it's, um, again, love the tools uh, and what they popularized, not how it's programmed yes. and, and implemented. So what what is the what, what, what is the thing that people have... I guess just realized over the last several years, strength is like popular again. It used to be we had to look like a bodybuilder, and then it was then we had to look like the the the, the fitness people, and then right. we had to look like Brock Lesnar and all these guys. Which there's only one Brock, so that's not going to happen. But nowadays people are starting to get the strength aspect again. Why, why is strength cool again? Um, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, I think that um, obviously with strong first calling ourselves, you know, and, and promoting ourselves as a school of strength and the, the Metviev quote that we use is that, you know, strength is the foundation for all other physical qualities. Yes. So if you want to be, you want to be fast, you need to be strong. You want to have endurance, you actually need to be strong. If like strength is the base, um, Eric Cressy put it a long time ago. He said, you know, strength is the glass. The bigger your glass is, the more other physical qualities you can put into that glass. Yes. So 
I think what's happened and, and we have to give credit to things like CrossFit and things, um, uh, other activities that have become, become popular that have said, Hey, the stronger you are, the better you're going to be at this. And yes. training in general has now kind of slid a little bit more, uh, in, and I, I, I use the term functional, but I don't mean it in the way that, uh, you know, probably <laughs> yes. some people out there yes. take it. Um, but yeah, strength, thank goodness. And this is a drum that, you know, Pavel's been beating for 20 plus years and that, that Strong First has been beating for, for quite some time, uh, that this this foundational physical quality uh, just makes you better at everything else. Yes. Now, you can reach a point where strength in itself has become the goal. And that's that's powerlifting, right? So you you slide oh. all the way over to the scale. You get to the powerlifting. And I've done that. I've, I've, I've slid the scale too far and specialized in, and I love squatting. I, I, uh, I, I don't have a power rack at my house because I would pretty much do nothing but squat. And, uh, I, I know I, I should do other things. Um, so yeah, it's, so I, I think, and what people have realized is strength helps break you out of that. I have to look a certain way in order to go to the gym in order to think that yes. I'm fit in order to, you know, it, it, it breaks the mold to your point of, you know, everybody, you know, the eighties action hero, uh, sort of, uh, physique, uh, the Stallones and the yes. Rocky and, you know, all of that, that kind of stuff. And not Rocky one though. <laughs> it, was, it was Rocky two and three when things really changed. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's great. I, I think it's a, a, a fantastic progression that, that people are now focusing on strength and, and getting, uh, getting, getting in that direction. Well, we have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here. Brett Jones is with us, and he is amazing. You can check out strongfirst.com. That's www.strongfirst.com. And uh, check out all the various things they've got going on over there at strongfirst.com. So, Brett, what is your view on all this? People are like, like with the diet. I see mm. so many people that like starve themselves so they can get the six pack abs. Or I see these guys that want to be Ronnie Coleman, so they just put on massive amounts of muscle. Mm -hmm. What in the world? Did, did, well, first of all, let's start with the diet. What, 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 what do you think about all this various stuff? Because I heard an interview. I think it was Pavel was on um, Joe Rogan, and he said he is a, he is the enemy of nutrition. <laughs> what what is what what is your view on uh? on dieting and, and all these things? Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, um, it, when, when you talk diet, it's, it's close to talking religion for some people. Yes. Uh, it gets, it gets really personal. It gets really serious yes. really quickly. You have adherence to different tech, different dietary strategies that have been successful for one person. So then they feel the need to promote that to everyone. It's going to be the answer for everyone. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's really, you almost have to be careful tiptoeing into some of the nutritional conversations. Um, and I think it's one of the things where there's the most misinformation and marketing, uh, that kind of drives things in, in, in negative directions yes. in the end diet, um, 
people tend to think of diet as temporary things that you do to achieve an aesthetic goal, right? I want to, I'm going to eat a certain way for this period of time so that I lose my 20 pounds. So I look good on vacation. And then usually it's a diet that you can't maintain. So then once vacation's over, you, the 20 pounds are back plus five. Uh, and now you're waiting for the next dietary trend to come along so that you can lose your next 20 to 25 pounds. Yes. Um, Michael Pollan and food rules uh, laid it out very simply eat food. And I don't, I don't, this isn't a hundred percent what I believe, <laughs> but he lays it out very simply, you know, as a starting point, eat food, mostly plants, not as much. <laughs> hey, that's excellent. <laughs> I mean, if, if we want a starting point, there's your starting point, starting baby. Point, right <laughs> now, now throw in, I would eat a little more lean protein probably than he would recommend. But I think if we start from a super simple concept and, and my, one of my th firm beliefs, uh, you know, uh, Leonardo da Vinci said Sim simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Yes. And if, if yes. we, if we boil things down and make it simple, um, it, it just, it's going to work for a lot more people. So but people love extremes. So oh, if you can, you you know, that's why the, the Atkins diet has come back in. There was a pre Atkins diet in the 1800s, right? So Atkins did not invent much. He rediscovered or brought <laughs> old stuff into the, into the current. And then that's been kind of repackaged and redone and, and put into a bunch of different formats. Um, and in it, for short term, it succeeds, right? But does it succeed because it's different or because it's something that, that's more effective? Because nothing succeeds like change. If yes. you've been eating a high processed food diet and high carbohydrate and sugars and, and drinking and you know liquid, liquid mm -hmm. calories count, um, and then you swift all the way over to the other side of the pendulum where you're eating meat and fat, and you know, low low carbohydrate, and and of course, of course, you're going to see a change. You're yes. doing something very, very different from what you were doing. Um, but it's it's hard to sustain that. That as 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 great as it sounds, like you can, I can eat all the bacon I want and steak. <laughs> like this is fantastic. Um, that's not sustainable over over time. And so eventually, you need to settle into a an eating or nutritional strategy that you can maintain over time. Um, I, I tell people all the time, I don't want you eating like I do. I don't follow my, my, my dietary recommendations. I'm, I'm somewhat in the, in the, in the vein of Pavel where I'm like the enemy of nutrition. Um, <laughs> I love I that line. <laughs> I don't overthink it. I haven't calculated my macros, um, ever. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you how many, grams of protein I take in in a day if you held a gun to my head. Like I, <laughs> I have no clue. Um, I don't know how many carbs I take in. I know that I drink a bunch of water. Um, so stay hydrated, eat food, mostly plants, not as much cook, <laughs> add, add some more lean protein to that. Um, and don't overthink it. And sometimes when you get in these extreme, you know, eating situations, you're not much fun to hang out with. Well, that right? too. You're, you're that like, too. Oh my gosh. I, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. Um, it's like, well, what are you doing? Like, 
You're just not much fun to hang out with. <laughs> You're just not much fun to hang out with. Well, we are having a blast hanging out with uh, Brett Jones. Uh, strongfirst.com is the official website. Um, we we are almost we are almost out of time with Brett, but I definitely have to have you back because this we have barely scratched the surface of this whole thing. Um, one of the things, Absolutely. one of the things that I that I see in these in these gyms over my years of of going to various gyms and working out in various gyms is I see various things like, for instance, there for a while when. I first started getting into real heavy deadlifting. I had a serious back injury 10, 12 years ago. So I, I will overcompensate with things. I'm wearing the powerlifting belts with the, with the clip. I'm wearing the wraps. I'm wearing the gloves. I'm, I'm doing all the stuff. Wearing all the gimmicks as they say. But then I start seeing these guys who they get their 400 pounds on deadlift and they do the 500 pounds and then they decide, okay, I'm going to start all the way from the bottom, but I'm going to go shoeless and I'm going to go beltless and I'm going to work my way up. What do you think about all this with the taking the safety away? Is that good? Is that bad? What, what, what do you? So there, there's a, there's a couple different perspectives here. Um, assuming that the belt keeps you safe, which is, which is an assumption. Okay. Um, it's, there is, there is a skill in knowing how to use the belt, uh, in a way that enhances your abdominal pressure, which can add some pounds to your deadlift and create a little bit more of a bubble of, of, uh, pressure and, and, uh, safety, uh, yeah. in, in the deadlift, but that's a skill. That's a skill that needs to be built. Um, when you look at it, uh, there, there is a, I think a good argument to be made. Uh, let's start barefoot. Yeah. And now you have lots of minimalist shoes that recreate a barefoot situation that have you very thin, very firm, very connected to the ground. Um, years ago, you just had to go barefoot because all you had were squishy sneakers. Um, so there are a lot of receptors in your foot, uh, in your feet. And when we put pressure into them, we get more information uh, and we get better firing throughout the body because we're getting more information out of the feet and the, the way we use the feet and lower legs. So barefoot training is good. Um, it can really enhance strength, enhance stability. It's a great way to strengthen your feet. Uh, a lot of people coming out of you know, shoes and orthotics and different things like that. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. If a doctor has said you need to wear orthotics, wear orthotics, do what your doctor said, oh, yeah. go back, have a yeah. conversation yeah. with them. If you went up to the Dr. Scholl's foot mapping center and got your four twenties, you know, we're having a little bit different conversation, but <laughs> standing in one place, doing some squats, deadlifts, single leg deadlifts, uh, in a barefoot situation can really help enhance the strength of your feet. Uh, it can make you a little bit stronger because we're getting all that increased neurological and proprioceptive information. Um, as we begin to look at how you, I would say going without a belt and kind of, let's say rebuilding your deadlift yeah. or squat or whatever it is. Um, when you take that approach and you're, you're focused on how you're creating the intra-abdominal pressure in you, 
versus waiting for the belt to do it or relying on pushing into yeah. the belt. Uh, you do build a lot more midsection strength. You do build a lot more base kind of uh, irradiation and strength and the ability to produce interabdominal pressure. And the way we've referred to it, you're building that skill of strength and strength is a skill. Yes. Um, and so yeah. when we, when we practice <laughs> yes, the skill of strength without the belt and um, we focus on how we're activating and the muscle patterning that's happening inside of us, I, I think there's a lot of benefit there. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, we have got one uh, final topic here with Brett before we let him go for today. By the way, we've got Brett Jones with us today. He joins us live here via the old Skip Skype. Yes, the Skyper Rooney. And uh, strongfirst.com is the official website. Go over there and find out what him and all the other instructors are up to over there at strongfirst.com. So... Years and years ago, before I knew anything about any of this stuff, I was much like everybody else. I saw Scott Steiner on TV, Big Papa Pump. I'd see all these guys, and I'm like, oh, my God, these guys must be strong as hell because they're ripped and all this stuff. And the only guy, or there, there's two, realistically, there's two of them on this planet that look a certain way and are strong as a brick house is Brock and Marius Pujanowski. <laughs> Only two guys I've ever noticed. <laughs> Why is it that people equate the bodybuilder looks with this guy must be able to lift up a, a freaking house? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I hate to throw it back to comic books, but uh, you can easily throw it back to movies and comic books. Yes. And, you know, you... You had a prototypical superhero, or whether male or female, you had a kind of a prototypical superhero build. And yes. of course, being superhero strong was always, you know, a big aspect of being a superhero. So we very quickly, and that's decades, millennia of uh, sort of patterning where, you know, we, we kind of look at the physique and we assume, you know, something from that. Um, and when you pre steroid era and era and, um, pre bodybuilding era, like you get into the fifties and, and you look at, uh, even take it into the era of Dave Draper, Schwarzenegger, Franco Colombo, Franco Colombo lifting that car people. and pumping iron. <laughs> exactly. You know, they, they were, uh, they were as strong as they looked because powerlifting and bodybuilding were kind of the same thing to them. Yes. And they would, they would peak and work towards a bodybuilding competition. Then they peak and work towards a powerlifting competition and they were training heavy. Like they were, uh, definitely, you know, as strong as they looked. So I, I think there's multiple reasons. And then, you know, we mentioned earlier, like the, the movie stars of the eighties and the action films, Yes, and, you know, you, you had a, again, a prototypical physique and that we assumed X off of because in the movie they were tossing people through walls and, you know, <laughs> They were able to handle X, Y, and Z and, you know, just kind of not the, not the case. Well, I will have to say that, uh, I am so glad that people are, are doing more strength nowadays than they are, than they were. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are starting to discover kettlebells more. Uh, they're starting to develop the deadlift more. Um, 
one of the things I, I guess my my final question that I'll ask you about you were mentioning how how you were you did powerlifting and things for a while. Why is it that deadlift and squat sometimes go a little bit higher than somebody's bench press? Is it because you're laying down and you're basically pressing the you're only really using your arms or Definitely. And, uh, you know, if we, if we peel that onion back just a little bit further and we yeah. look at geared versus ungeared lifting, and when I say geared, I'm referring to squat suits, deadlift oh, suits, bench The little, uh, whatever the hell those things are, the, the, the red thing that people wear that makes them look like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's it, yes. Yep. <laughs> so in, in the pre- uh, powerlifting gear era, you saw um, deadlift would be the heaviest lift a person would hit. Yes. The squat would be next, and then the bench would be their lowest lift. Um, and it is exactly for the reason you mentioned. It's really isolated towards the upper body strength. Now, the bench is not an upper body only lift. We know how to drive through our feet oh, yeah. and produce that solid base. And, you know, we know it's more of a full body lift, but we're now held restricted by the fact that just our our arms and upper body have to move this thing and, and yes. that's never going to be as strong as our hips <laughs> and and lower body so in pre-geared era you saw a distribution and for myself when i was powerlifting, i had a, a a best deadlift of 573 uh at 198 uh raw so belt only so 573 deadlift uh 518 squat and i think my best bench was like 315 320 um, might have hit a 325, but whatever. Wow. But you can see that distribution. Uh, and I wasn't a great bench presser. I wasn't a great powerlifter. You know, I was decent. I hit some decent lifts. Um, but as a famous powerlifting coach told me one time, Brett, you're not built to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, coach. Um, what he and what was meant was, awesome. I don't have the long arms that would make me a great deadlifter. I don't have short arms that would make me a great bench press. Yes. And I don't have the torso and femur lengths that would make me an ideal squatter. I was just kind of general, uh, built very generally. Now go into the geared era where you have these bench shirts, squat oh, suits, yeah. and deadlift suits. Now you see 200, 300-pound differences between the squat being the heaviest lift and the deadlift. And uh, now you see the bench coming equal uh, and getting close to the deadlift and sometimes beyond because people are getting 50, a hundred pounds, uh, extra, uh, boost from this gear. So now you see this is it. Now it plays with your head. Like why, why isn't my squat bigger than my deadlift? Um, you know, because now in the geared world, if you put the squat suit on, you're probably going to squat more than you deadlift. Um, so it's, it's, it's really begun to play with the, the numbers. So I always like to look back at the pre, uh, kind of powerlifting gear eras and look at that distribution of lifts and strength. And that's, that's, I think a good, uh, starting point and metric for folks. Now people are going to hear this and say, Oh, Brett hates geared lifting. Hey, if <laughs> geared lifting is your thing, do Go it. for it. <laughs> I've never had a thousand pounds on my back. I've never, I've never accomplished some of these things that these geared lifters have done. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me that somebody can even stand up with 1200 pounds on their back. Yes. Like I see these guys on YouTube and all that. I see Johnny Jackson oh doing gosh. stuff. I'm just like, holy crap. <laughs> you, you unrack 800 pounds and bench it. 
nothing but respect. Like, that, holy <laughs> Especially mackerel. if you do the like, two that's second pause. Amazing. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, that's not what I do. It's, it's not that, you know, I've been training people for over 25 years. It's not, you know, 0.011, 0.001% of the population is going to go in that direction yes. and actually succeed yes. at those loads. And, and it's amazing. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> but for myself and the people that I train, I look at those pre-powerlifting uh, gear numbers and that distribution of strength with deadlift, then squat, then bench. And I think that gives you a much better metric to, to work off of. That's awesome. Well, Brett, before we let you go, tell us a little bit more about Strong First and what you guys do over there. So Strong First, skills, uh, the School of Strength, uh, we provide um, workshops, certifications, and training in kettlebell, barbell, and bodyweight training. We do have very much a strength focus. We do feel that strength is the foundational physical quality and that we can uh, build um uh, you know, if we focus on building strength, a lot of other things are going to come along with it. And the skill of strength, how you use your body in a body weight situation and bring that ability to the barbell and bring that ability to the kettlebell. Um, I think the kettlebell is a great starting point, actually. Uh, but um, yeah, so strength education in kettlebell, barbell and body weight training and, and some of the best programming information available out there well you guys do a heck of a job by the way on your social media uh you guys are Thank always you, pushing stuff out on that and it's it's you guys seem to understand social media and there's a lot of people that they just don't so uh we we have some great folks working on that with us and um you know we're we're going to be true to our message uh and and you're going to see you're going to see us pursue, promote, and practice strength because we believe strength has a greater purpose. Yes. Well, Brett, it's been an honor and a privilege. I look forward to chatting with you again here in a couple months. Thanks for making some time chatting with us. And uh, have yourself Absolutely. a Thank you. wonderful, wonderful day. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you, sir. You as well. Thank you, sir. Great to be on the show with you and your audience. Thank you. Have yourself a pleasant day. Appreciate Brett. it. Appreciate it. There he goes. Thank you, sir. That you well. is Brett Jones from strongfirst.com, and uh, that was fantastic. He answered a heck of a lot of questions. He got a lot of content in. That was great. And uh, he backed me up on a lot of things that I've suspected, <laughs> which is always good because uh, I don't like to be wrong. Uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we have got Roger Homefield coming up. He joins us next on our Okay, let's go to Roger Homefield. He is going to be with us here in just a few seconds. The fantastic Roger Homefield. He is probably just freaking out over there on Success. Skype. But uh, we are going to go to the amazing Roger Homefield. There he is in all of his glory. Uh, he joins us today here on our big, big program. And um, Roger, there is <laughs> this dog and pony show that I watched the other day. Of Trump. Which one? 
uh, <laughs> Trump being arrested or arraigned or whatever the hell that was. Oh. First yeah. of all, I find it amazing that they didn't handcuff him. They didn't take a mugshot, and I don't think they fingerprinted him. Oh, the privileged. Now, if it was you and I, we'd have been in cuffs. They had a fingerprinted us. They had a problem. They, 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 some of the stuff you've said on this show, they would have cracked your head with a nightstick. Uh, <laughs> oh, they probably would. That, that's still yet to come. <laughs> but Trump, oh, we don't take a photo. I think the reason they didn't take the photo is because a he would use that because he already did use a fake mug shot, but he would use it as promotional material. Look what they did to me. <laughs> Well, he's going to make good use of, of, of it already, of what yeah. they already have done. But you're not upset that they didn't put him in cups, are you? I, I just I just find it strange that if he's this big threat to society and he's this big big guy, I come in, I think I'm going to cop him. I thought he was a big. I well, thought he was a big. A, wait, 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 he's this big menace. But yeah, we we didn't do any of that stuff to him. And I secretly think this is all a big dog and pony show, and they're not actually going to ever do anything more with this. I think this is all just a distraction. And then at some stage well, of the game, they'll throw all this out, and he'll just continue to run for president. <laughs> I think this this is all just trying to damage his reputation, I think is what this is. And this distract from Biden's uh, yeah. scandals. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, uh, it's... So over the top serious. I mean, conservatives are being targeted around the world uh, in Brazil. And what's happening today? If you speak to anybody here from Venezuela or Cuba, or or maybe Cuba. from one of the uh, one of the uh, countries in uh, Eastern Europe, they will tell you that's what's happening today is the exact same playbook of how they became a communist country, step by step by step. Everything down the ladder from and you know vilifying the supporters of Trump and, and then going right after him with the legal system step by step by step. This is no longer a socialist thing. This is forget about social justice. That's just a sham. Yeah. In which to foist everything else upon us. Okay, make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm no freaking genius, <laughs> but this is a communist. This, this is a communist takeover. This is not a push to socialism. This is a push to flat, stone out, 100% communism. And unfortunately, we all have friends that are Democrats. I would imagine that we know a lot of people. That, I used to be a Democrat. These people are just going that they're either not involved or worse. There was a, uh, a survey done, Jiggy, that asked how, uh, how many people, uh, what percent thought that this was a political uh uh, persecution that this is what this entire was and something like 70 or 80 percent said yes this is a political hit job and yet 60 percent of but yet 60 percent said they're glad he was indicted so in other words <laughs> they don't care if it's they're glad he got indicted they don't what care because it's trump no laws apply to trump when it comes to everybody there's like united states citizens we have certain right. Trump doesn't get that. So it doesn't apply to Trump. So they're saying, yeah, it was a hit job. Uh, it, it's not right. It was, you know, uh, but we're for it's it anyway. Hilarious. Because they're, it's Trump. they're glad he got it done. Right? 
this is really sick. If you're one of those people, you're going to help end this country. If that's what you think. If anybody out there thinks, yeah, it was a political hit job, and yeah, I'm glad they did it. Well, then you're a schmuck because you put this <laughs> Then you're a it's all right. Mug. You don't have to bleep that word out. I think I think it's a foreign no, word. No, 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 no. You're good. I love it. I love the uh, fact that uh... it's anyway. So, yeah, so I, I know. And I, you have probably been on the air all day. You may not even. We got a new war in the Middle East, maybe now. What Israel happened? Israel was hit by four hundred rockets from Lebanon. I gotta go over here and look at the. This just happened earlier this morning or last night. And so we've got we've got 400 rockets from Lebanon, and of course Iran is a proxy over there, proxy over there. And and this, as opposed to the nice peaceful Abraham Accords that Trump had cobbled together, everybody said this was impossible. Remember, Jiggy? Everybody <laughs> said, "No, you can't make a peace deal in the Middle East. That's impossible." Just like the jobs that wouldn't come back. So what did Trump do? He puts the Abraham Accords together with Israel, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain. And you know who was going to be next? Saudi Arabia. They were going to be next. So now what do we have? Instead, we've got Saudi Arabia in bed with Iran. The Abraham Accords would have put the Arab countries, us and Israel, and Arab countries that wanted to elevate themselves into the 21st century, uh, it aligned the good guys against Iran and their nuclear bomb ambitions, where they say they will use it, and I'm sure that they will. I thought that was... It was pretty neat. He had the good guys on one side. Now it's all a mishmash. This is a Biden global shift. You know how they had shifts in baseball? Well, now we've got global powers. Now we've got the Biden global shift. And it's all for the worse. We have got the fantastic Roger Homefield with us today. So what what else do you have uh, for us today, my friend? Well, like I said, we've got this Biden global shift with Russia in China, where we had them in check before. Trump got along with uh, Putin. He got along with Xi. Didn't mean he loved them. Didn't mean he loved their policies, but they were in check. <laughs> and they knew what would happen if they got out of check. And now we got Russia and China together, Saudi Arabia and Iran together, Brazil uh, doing business with China uh, without the dollar. Uh, and these are all unforced errors. And what I'd like to do uh, at another show, some, oh, excuse me, just off the press is what just happened within the last Last hour, I saw this. John Kirby of the NSC. There was a White House report on the uh, exit of Afghanistan. Jiggy, you've got to see this. You've got to watch John Kirby. I mean, these are the people that are running this country, that are representing this country, that are defending this country. This is really scary because it couldn't be any worse. Uh, he's rewriting history, which is what they always do. And he's trying to justify uh, the... Afghanistan, where we're all saying that no, it was actually a success. There were some problems. It wasn't perfect, he said, but there were really a lot of good things. <laughs> Ooh, I heard a lot of noise. Can you hear me, Jiggy? A lot of good things. <laughs> no, but I heard a lot of static. Can you hear me? No, 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 okay? no. I've got you, my friend. I've got you. You're, you're good. You're good. Okay. All right. So just on my end, and it just, it was. You really have to see because for the man to stand there, and and this. This is really scary because I guess he's talking to the the voters, the Democrat voters that just tune in once in a while. And if they hear, oh, no, they actually did everything good. Everything's real. Others said, then if they speak to a Trump people, no, what are you talking about? So he's even speaking to people that 
are idiots. And, and they're really relying on that, unfortunately. Remember Gruber, uh, the Gruber effect about Obamacare? He said that, well, a, a great deal of of uh, the thinking of Obamacare getting through is the Gruber. Gruber said this, is that they're relying on the ignorance of the American public. And uh, this is the same thing. I guess they figure they could just be revisionists. They could rewrite history of something that just happened. This didn't Amazing. happen a decade ago, a century, or a millennium. This just happened. And the man is standing in front of the damn camera trying to tell you and me <laughs> that they had a good withdrawal from Afghanistan and they just had some problems. This is freaking outrageous. You know what, Jiggy? And I haven't been angry on your show in a while, but I'm angry. <laughs> I haven't been, been angry in a while. Because this goes far beyond the 13 soldiers that we had that were killed at the airport. Okay? I mean, God bless. One, 13. Of course, it was a terrible thing. But it goes way beyond that. When you picture a knock at the door, or, oh, how about the background, the background uh, base, the Air Force base? Iraq yes. is huge, right next to China. No, 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 China has it. But forget that. Let's go back to Afghanistan. Imagine a knock at the door. You know, we left behind intel where there were names and numbers of people that helped us. People that we didn't get out because the only people that got out were the ones that were the first to get to the airport. There was no organization. They didn't get the interpreters out. They didn't get our friends out. They just got whoever these people were that were the first ones that were able to make it to the airport. <laughs> now imagine a knock at the door and you got your wife and your kids. Now your wife is raped in front of you and then you're tortured and killed in front of your wife and the kids. Now let that picture sink in, Americans. The next time Biden laughed with his freaking glasses, like, he, and take that picture <laughs> oh, in your mind, this story. You know, let me finish this and multiply that times tens and tens of thousands. And we, the United States of America, the good guys, the country that always tried to come to the aid of the downtrodden, the picked on, the ones that could not defend themselves, the ones that were innocent. And what have we done? We've turned down over to the devil it's our fault we have done this we have created an incredible amount of agony suffering same thing at the border jiggy we have created the suffering that is going on at the border and south of the border and getting up to the border i i just you know my whole life jiggy i was so proud to be in america because we tried to help everybody in the world we yes. were the shining beacon on a hill that's all gone. Well, Roger, before we let you go for this week, uh, how do we get in touch with you online and, and some of the various places? And <laughs> Well, with all that misery, I don't know who'd want to get in touch with you. Right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, look, I'm still optimistic, Jiggy, but, man, they are just dropping the bombs on us two, three a day now. Two, three a day, big bombshells. They know we can't keep up with it, and everybody is just in some stunned super state but uh okay he was right all along at gmail.com he was right all along at gmail.com and by the way he was right all along about everything and you wait look i'm not a trump fanatic and i've told you this before jimmy i never watched the the tv show i i, I was i'm not a trump fan particular it's it's just the policies but anyway he was right all along at gmail.com and a couple parodies bring back trump.net i think you'll enjoy it i'm going to put a shorter version of that up soon by the way <laughs> bringbacktrump.net and he was framed by Hillary 
Net. And that's amazing. Nobody talks about the story that Hillary Clinton framed the president of the United States as a traitor to this country, to Russia. And nobody, it's not even discussed. It is amazing. Well, Roger, I look forward to talking to you next week. Have yourself a wonderful week, sir. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. I really do. All right, brother. There he goes. Fantastic. Roger Holmfield. He joins us as we wrap up this edition of this program. We will inevitably see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Peace and chicken grease. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.